essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night. Welcome to episode number 12 of the Scumbags of Wrestling Podcast. It's quite the busy weekend with a lot of things going on with Smash Wrestling and with the WWE Extreme Rules pay-per-view coming up tonight. On this episode, we get some results from the Smash vs. CCW events that have happened already this weekend. We'll review some WWE news and we'll then break down and predict what we hope to see at the Extreme Rules pay-per-view. So thank you for joining us, and we'll be right back after these messages. Coming this October 26th and 28th at the Western Fair Agaplex, it's the 5th Annual London Comic Con. Already scheduled to appear are Ted Raimi from... Xena, Warrior Princess, and Ash vs. Evil Dead. For Star Trek The Next Generation, Deanna Troy, Marina Sirtis. From Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Spike, James Marsters. The Yellow Power Ranger herself, Serena Vincent. Star Wars Bounty Hunter, Boba Fett, Daniel Logan. And former UFC champion, and former WWE Intercontinental Hardcore and Tag Team Champion Ken Shamrock. Plus many more names are to be announced. Presented by Start.ca and London's Best Rock FM96. It's a three-day celebration of art, culture, and comics. With celebrity guests, vendors, and more. Don't miss Southwestern Ontario's largest fan event. Tickets are on sale now. For more information... Go to LondonComicCon.ca Are you looking to get your own Scumbags Wrestling t-shirt or the Scumbags Podcast t-shirt? Well, look no further than our friends over at Twisted Tees at TwistedTeesMerch.com Since their company launched in 2006, they've become one of the top screen printers known for their large, colorful, high-detailed prints. Their theory behind what they decide to print is simple. It's about keeping it real and taking you back to your early years, browsing through endless movies at your local video store, only to be sucked in by the very intriguing cover art. Even if the movie itself wasn't so great, it's that original cover that will always remain locked inside your head. Over the years, they've become even more creative with introducing limited edition designs. With the amazing feedback they received from their Warriors and Zombies hoodies, as well as their button-up work shirts. They will bring you even more one-of-a-kind designs. All their products are screen-printed and embroidered directly in their shop. They don't use any outside sources to produce their goods, nor do they use cheap iron-ons. They guarantee heads will turn when you wear Twisted Tees to your next outing. Twisted Tees also provides printing for Kill Effect, 
Shockstock, Monsters of Schlock, Shadow uh, Windbrook, and Vagrancy Films. So look out for Twisted Tees online once again at twistedteesmerch.com and get your own Scumbags of Wrestling t shirt for just $25. Yo, this is Tarek. You're listening to Scumbags of Wrestling. Punch, kick, chop, done. Smash Wrestling started off their CCW versus Smash events this past uh, Friday in Sarnia. Thanks to Jay Smith for sending in some of the results from that event. Gaines defeated The Muscle. Puff beat uh, Brandon Kirk with the world's strongest slam. The Rep defeated Black Death after a low blow and 3D variation. Tyson Duke tapped out uh, Trey Miguel with a Boston Crab in what may have been the match of the night. Another thriller and match of the night candidate, Brent Banks won a three-way over Marion Reed and Tarek after a vertical reverse DDT. DJ Hyde beat Mike Rollins with a lariat in an impromptu no-count-out match and no disqualification. Note, this match included what may have been the best false finish of Jay's roughing career when a little kid who Hyde had been arguing with throughout the match was set up uh, to chop DJ. Instead, he full-out slapped him in the face. Hyde sold it from the back row all the way to the ring where Rollins covered him for a very close two and nine-tenths count. Matt Cross beat Kevin Bennett with a springboard cutter. Future events for Smash in Sarnia will be announced very soon. So thank you for everybody who came out, and thank you to Jay Smith for sending in this report. Last night, Smash Wrestling also was at the London Music Hall here, and they had CCW with them again in the battle of the two companies. I wasn't able to make it, unfortunately. However, there was a good friend, Chris Maloney, from the sharpshooter.ca, who was able to attend, and he filed the following report. Hey, everybody. This is uh, Chris from the sharpshooter.ca, joined alongside Christine from the sharpshooter.ca, uh, here to do a special report for the uh, Smash show. Took place at the London Music Hall tonight, uh, tonight being July 14th, Saturday, 2018. Um, again, down at the London Music Hall. Uh, pretty good show, top to bottom, probably about three hours in total from the uh, dark match into the uh, end of the main event. Uh, good show down at the Music Hall, lots of fan support. Um, but first, let me introduce uh, Christine. Uh, she's the uh, first uh, time she's ever been to an indie wrestling show. She's been to some WWE events, but never to an indie show. And as well, first time she's ever been on a podcast. So uh, say hello, Christine. Hello. Uh, you nervous at all? Or you uh, you good to go? Uh, good to go. Let's good see. to go. Look at the confidence. Uh-huh. All right. So like I said, uh, it's... Uh, just shortly, uh, just around midnight on the uh, Sunday morning, so just a couple hours past the show. 
Uh, what I'm going to do is go down, do the uh, results, and then maybe at the end of the results, we'll get Christine and myself's thoughts, as well as uh, let you guys know some special announcements that uh, Smash announced tonight, which is kind of pretty cool. So, And I'm going to say that I'm doing this all wearing my new Wrestling Is Forever uh, uh, nice snapback hat. So uh, pick it up, wrestlingisforever.com. But, uh, yep, uh, Matt Cross got some of my money tonight. So uh, all to a good cause. Anyways, uh let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven matches in total, including a dark match. I'll go through those quickly here. Uh, first match was a dark match. Featured the students of Tyson Duke's uh, Wrestling Factory. And what he's doing there is absolutely phenomenal. And the work in the ring showed. Uh, basically, it was a three-on-three -three match, but three guys on the one side, two guys and a girl on the other side. Uh, Victoria's was uh, the girl by the name of Violet. Uh, basically stood out, uh, you know, um, basically took it to these guys, uh, basically, it, you know, very good student who has learned the ropes, who, uh, you know, can handle herself in the ring and, uh, didn't do too bad. Death Valley driver, I think was her finisher tonight. Uh, she, uh, defeated Carrot Top as they were calling him and, uh, yeah, good work for her and, uh, congrats to Tyson for, uh, making these guys look like superstars. And, uh, we'll go uh, a little bit more into that at, at the end of the segment here. Uh, from the dark match, we go into match number one. Psycho Mike Rollins defeats Brandon Kirk of CZW uh, with Casey Cadell by pinfall. Lots of uh, humorous, uh, you know, um, uh, stuff going on in this match, including Psycho Mike kissing pretty much everybody in the ring. Uh, match number two of the night, uh, the rep, uh, Dave McCall and Nate Carter up from CZW. Uh, I do believe they're the tag team champions right now but um, belts weren't on the line. They fought Smash's own uh, two of the four pillars of Smash, so uh, basically Tarek and uh, Money Brent Banks. So uh, Tarek with the win on McCall in this one by pinfall. Very good match. Uh, again, Banks doing his thing, the high-flying and uh, going through the ropes, everything else. And Tarek, uh, give this guy some time. I believe he's going to be Smash Wrestling Champion, you know, if uh, not by the end of the year, but this time next year. So uh, uh, big things, I think, coming for him. Uh, third match of the night, DJ Hyde defeats Kevin Blackwood. Uh, you know, big versus uh, small in this one. Kevin Blackwood uh, basically shows he's one of the, the most gifted in that ring. You know, it's uh, size didn't matter. It's um, uh, heart. What, what's that thing that Marcus Stroman says, Christine? Height doesn't measure heart. Height doesn't measure heart. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Kevin Blackwood taking it to DJ Hyde, but DJ Hyde with that one big Larry at the very end. And uh, so Hyde defeats uh Blackwood by pinfall. Uh, no Scotty O'Shea in the building that I saw tonight, so I don't know if that's a done thing, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, September uh, event coming up, and Scotty's and Kevin Black are featured on the uh, the handout, so uh, I'll touch base on that in a couple moments. Uh, then there was intermission, a lot of fan mingling. Um, obviously, there were the wrestlers doing their work as far as getting their merch out and taking pictures, signing autographs, so uh, good feel. I mean, the crowd was in a, a good mood tonight, uh, Saturday night, which is um, kind of unique for the London Music Hall for Smash because normally they're doing the shows on Sundays. But yeah, overall, good crowd, a lot of support, and uh, yeah, very good turnout. I mean, we showed up to the event about 4.20 or so, and uh, basically there was a lineup for just uh, looked like GAs. People hadn't had their tickets yet. So, And uh, to me, looking behind us where we were sitting, normally you can see the bar and it goes down towards the A&W. But uh, today I look back and there's a bar stool set up right across from the bar, which I've never seen at the London Music Hall before. So looks like they're um, they're doing well down at the Music Hall there. So, but uh, again, good intermission. I mean, a lot of mingling and everything else. Um, you know, so a lot of interaction from Smash and the fans. All right. So after the intermission, um, 
There was a spot that featured Kevin Bennett in the back with uh, James, and James had been telling Kevin, hey, you know, you're on a losing streak. Uh, nothing's going to happen for you. You know, we have no time for you tonight. And Kevin being Kevin, you know, started pleading his case, and James was like, all right, we'll give you three minutes in the ring to rap if you want to. So right after the intermission, Kevin Bennett comes out to rap. Basically, you know, the most horrible rap in the world. Like, he's just... Uh, you know, doing the entertainment uh, thing, and uh, sure enough, you know, next thing you know, he's maybe looking like he needs an opponent because they're calling for the muscle. The muscle's not coming out. Well, sure enough, who does come out is Trey Miguel. Trey Miguel is supposed to face uh, Sebastian Suave tonight, and uh, Sebastian, I don't know if he's injured, or what was going on, but he um, uh, was, you know, the, he, the crowd was informed that he wasn't going to be wrestling. So anyway, it left Trey Miguel open to face somebody. So Miguel versus Bennett. Um, Miguel reminds me a lot of Ricochet from NXT. Uh, very cool, you know, good performer. Basically, you know, doesn't uh, doesn't care too much about his body. Will take those uh, risks. A lot of six one nines. I'm not sure if he calls it something else, but a lot of high paced, you know, fast flying action. And Miguel goes over in this one. Probably pinfall over Kevin Bennett. So very good match there. Uh, next match was for the CZW Championship. Uh, featured MJF, Maxwell, Jacob Friedman, uh, taking on Cody Deaner. And uh, Diener, unfortunately, takes the uh, fall on this one. believe the ending of the match was a low blow to Diener, and then MJF had uh, wrapped him up, uh, retained the title. Lots of um, good moments after the match with, you know, MJF pretending to congratulate Diener on the you know, well-fought uh, well match. And Diener saw nothing of it, ends up getting the DDT, hands him the title back, and Diener goes out, you know, and makes the crowd happy. So uh, good match there and uh, good after-the-match uh, uh, part going on as well. Last match of the night, M-Dog, Matt Cross taking on Myron Reed. Uh, M-Dog, of course, I mean, this guy is gifted. Uh, one of the nicest guys in the world, uh, what I found out tonight. Um, you know, just a uh, humble guy. Looks like he appreciates everything that goes on in the wrestling business. Again, right now, as I'm, you know, uh, stating this, I'm wearing the wrestling is forever. Uh, snapback hats, uh, you know, it's... Um, uh, good to see him in the ring, you know, for, I'm not sure how old he is. I know he's been around a while, but, uh, you know, he flies around like a cruiserweight, like somebody who just entered. So, um, you know, props to him, but uh, he goes over in this one, defeating Myron Reed by pinfall. So before I get to the announcements that smashed me tonight, I'm going to get uh, Christine's thoughts. Uh, what do you, what, what were your thoughts on the event overall, Christine? Anything that stuck out to you? I guess first is, what did you think of the first dark match there with the students? Were you able to, you know, did they look like students or would they look like people that had been around for a while? Well, I guess if you hadn't told me that they were students, I wouldn't have known that. They seemed, they seemed uh, pretty confident. They seemed like they knew what they were doing. They were able to do what appeared to me to be complicated uh, moves like throwing each other around and getting up in the ropes and jumping on each other. I don't know. I mean, I'm far from an expert, but it looks to me like they were um, confident and knew what they were doing. All right. So uh, another question, follow-up question to that is uh, Violet. I believe that was the girl's name. What are your thoughts on her? I mean, as a performer against uh, you know the the three guys who she was facing, or just being the only female in that match, do you feel that she was um, you know she looked uh, bad as as a as a female? Or do you think she was able to hold her own? Oh, she was definitely able to um, hold her own. She seemed confident, like the rest of them did, but she seemed really confident, and she and um, I don't think that the guys were holding back any. They just seemed like they were fighting kind of the same as they did the other guys, so I think it was pretty cool that she won in the end. Mm-hmm. All right, so so very cool. So I uh, couldn't tell that they were, uh, they were students at all, which is props to Tyson Dukes, um, you know, for being able to uh, teach them properly. I mean... 
Uh, they've only got bigger and better things to uh, to strive for. So congrats to all six of them. Congrats to Tyson. Congrats to the Wrestling Factory for being able to produce, um, you know, uh, our, our next star. So, uh, yeah, keep it going, guys. Um, anything else stand out to you? I mean, I'll, I'll touch base on one thing. So, now, I know you're a big fan of the New Day, and that's kind of what made mm-hmm. you, uh, you know, a fan of the WWE. But uh, what do you think of guys like, say, Psycho Mike Rollins, who was in the ring, um, wrestling at one point with streamers, kissing everybody that was in the ring with him, including the referee, and as well as your thoughts on calling this guy a speedo man? Um, well, I think that that kind of stuff is important. Otherwise, it's just by that kind of stuff. I mean, um, people with the interesting, interesting personalities and the quirky quirky things that they do um makes it entertaining for everybody otherwise it's just the same old thing every time and that to me i think that's get boring we're just watching people throw each other around and they didn't do anything different and i don't think people will come watch it so i think that's the reason that people watch it is because of the, the other stuff that you get um and then what you asked me why i call them speedo man yeah why did you call them speedo man well, because he was wearing a very small Speedo, and that was it. And um, I think the other guy was wearing camp, so that was I did not know their names, so that was how I told, was able to tell them apart. Well, just to let you know, uh, Psycho Mike is one half of the well-oiled machine, so there is a different side of him where he uh, teams with a guy named Braxton Sutter. I'm going to have to show you footage on YouTube, but uh, uh, big personality in this guy, and, and you're right about that. I mean... You being a fan of the New Day, I don't think you watch them or like them because they're any more gifted inside the ring than anybody else. No. You watch them because they're entertaining, because it's something that you're going to remember. All right, and last but not least, get your thoughts on two of the guys that were on the the show tonight. Um, uh, Two veterans, as you call them. So number one, I'll get your thoughts on getting to finally see Cody Diener uh, up close. I know you've heard me and... uh, uh, talk about him quite a bit as far as the charity work goes and, you know, just him being a wrestler and him being out there. And number two, your thoughts on uh, Matt Cross. Um, you got your picture taken with Matt. And, um, I mean, you know, a, a shorter guy than both of us. But, I mean, you can't tell, you know, um, you know what's that thing that Marcus Stroman says again? Height doesn't measure heart. Exactly. So your thoughts on Matt Cross as well as uh, Cody Diener? Uh, okay, well. Cody Diener, you've talked about him a lot, and I know that you have told me that he did a lot of charity work, and he was, um, I don't know if he's still doing it, or he was selling pictures, and I don't know the details, but he was raising money each month, he was raising money for different things, so that's pretty cool that he does that, and you know, one month he was raising money for um, the villa in Exeter, which is where I'm from, so I know that the uh, old people in uh, Exeter probably really appreciated that. Um he seems um, like he's been doing it a while. He seems uh, to have a pretty big following, a lot of fans. And, yeah, he was he was entertaining and, yeah, fun to watch. Um, was there anything else you asked me about him? Did I cover everything? Nope. Um, well, actually, one, one thing that came to mind um, before we get to Matt Cross, uh, what are your thoughts? Because, you now outside of doing this podcast, Christine, real life as a teacher, uh, your thoughts on um, – you got like Cody Diener, the, the look, the atmosphere that he was in tonight, the way that he was performing. Um, you imagine seeing this and all of a sudden, say, for example, there was a Sunday and all of a sudden you go to work tomorrow and then there he is, just normal Cody Diener. I mean, what are your thoughts on him mm-hmm. being a, a librarian, which you said that you have to be a teacher. You have to have, you have, to have your teaching degree in order to become a librarian in a school. 
as far as I know. But um, yeah, I think that 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 would be somebody who'd be really good at being a teacher. Like he's got the big personality that would be able to um, capture all the students' interests, and you also have that side where you know if you get out of line, don't don't want to mess with him. Yeah, he might uh, end up DDTing you in the hallways. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'll have to ask Sadie. Um, anyways, uh, and then uh, final notes on or final thoughts on Matt Cross. What do you thought of uh, him as a person as well as a performer? Well, you took me over to um, meet him and get a picture taken with him before everything started. And he seemed like a nice guy. He seemed like he actually enjoyed talking to all the people that were coming up to him and seemed willing to find find things or take a picture with whoever wanted it. So he seemed like a really nice guy. And uh, when he was performing, yeah, he seemed, I don't know, like really good at it. And the, the last competition, it seemed um, pretty evenly matched. Like they went back and forth. It seems a lot. And it was just a, as far as I could tell, a good, a good match. Yep. No, it, it was a, indeed a great match. Uh, Matt Cross defeating Myron Reed in that main event there. Um, yeah, cool thing about Matt Cross, I'll share a short, uh, short story before I get to uh, Smash's announcements here. Uh, basically, um, I was sitting there, and this is before Christine had uh, met Matt, but I'm um, sitting there in line waiting to get the, the, the wrestling hat I'm wearing, and there's this guy in front of me, and sure enough, uh, they have a term in wrestling called marking out, and this guy was marking out, but he was marking out as a true fan. It wasn't like, holy crap, like, you know, this, you mark out for a moment, say, at WrestleMania or whatever the case may be. This guy was marking out because here was the son of Havoc right in front of him at a wrestling show, uh, you know, willing to take photos and sign autographs and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm just sitting there watching and watching the interaction go on. And Matt's just like, oh, cool, wrestling fan. And all of a sudden, the more he sees this guy interacting with him, like Matt seems intrigued about the uh you know this guy and really being a true fan and it's like it was kind of cool to see it's like a like a kid meeting santa claus or you know me as a kid maybe getting to see you know the ultimate warrior as a kid uh whatever the case may be but um a pretty cool moment and and you know this you can tell this fan was going home happy uh getting to see you know basically some guy he's seen on tv so very cool moment um Smash made a couple of announcements tonight. Uh, one that was made public already on Facebook and probably on the website, uh, smash-wrestling.com. But uh, they are returning to the Forest City London Music Hall on Sunday, September 23rd, 2018. Um, I want to go to the show. It's going to be a 50-50 coin toss to how well I can uh, treat Christine uh, that weekend because that is our wedding anniversary date. So, um as long as I I do the um, you know the flowers and I, I don't know what the first wedding anniversary thing is I I have to look into that but uh, yeah if you see me at the show it means she gave me permission to go so uh, we'll have to wait and see anyways uh, but yeah September 23rd London Music Hall um, again back to the Sunday show so uh, you'll see Smash down there um, and then tonight they made a couple of announcements that were uh, big uh, number one is all of a sudden James who's one of the um, main three guys for Smash, uh, basically he's in the ring and he's, you know, looking like he's uh, going to start talking just to welcome people to the show. And then all of a sudden he says he's got some announcements to make. And sure enough, I look over my shoulder and there's Scott Demore, And I was like, holy crap. I said, that, you know, that can't be Scott. And then I looked and looked and looked. And I was like, yeah, yeah it's definitely Scott Demore, vice president of Impact Wrestling in the house. 
And I'm messaging Sean. I'm like, you know, hey, Scott Demore is here. And Sean's like, hmm, wonder what's going on. Well, sure enough, as I'm saying this and thinking this, um, James makes the announcement that basically uh, Smash now has an affiliation with Impact Wrestling, which is very cool. So there's going to be um, some specials coming up, uh, as well as Smash is sending some of the guys down to Dayton, Ohio, to take part in some of these. Uh, I don't know if there's going to be more than one special, but at least one special. Um, you know, just uh, one of their big events that they probably do through maybe their website or, or whatever the case may be. But definitely one of the events that's happening is either late this year or early next year. And that is uh, it's going to be a special featuring some of the Smash guys on, the, uh, on Twitch. So it's twitch.tv. So very cool to hear. I mean, it's uh, amazing that uh, Smash is doing so well. I mean, if Fight Network wasn't enough, now all of a sudden they're, they're officially hooked up with Impact Wrestling. I mean, you watch Fight Network on Thursdays, and basically you've got 8 o'clock is uh, you know, Impact Wrestling, 10 o'clock is uh, Smash, and then you know you got the Hangover Show at 11. So very cool to see uh, Smash and, and uh, you know Impact Wrestling hooking up, and then basically Scott Demore being in the house tonight. So very, very cool. Um, no Sebastian Suave on the uh, event tonight. Um, again, I, he might have been injured, whatever the case may be, but they announced that. As well as no Tyson Dukes, and um, I think Sean had filled me in that they maybe got double booked or whatever the case may be, but uh, uh, Tyson's being advertised for the next show in September, so uh, I'll have to wait and see. But um, yeah, definitely a good show from top to bottom. Um, check it out on the uh, on-demand section of Smash when it is available, or on the Fight Network, which I'm assuming probably it'd be in July. We're looking at probably uh, August or early September as far as the matches debuting on the Fight Network. So, Christine, thoughts on um, a couple more things. Number one is, will you attend an indie show again? Um, sure, I would. All right, how about tomorrow? Um, I think I have plans tomorrow, but maybe another one. <laughs> it's as bad <laughs> as a girl saying she's going to wash her hair. <laughs> All right, number two is uh, live on air or on tape or whatever you want to call this. 50-50 um, yeah, chance of me going to Smash in, in September? We'll see. I'll let you know. All right. Last but not least, uh, your podcast uh, debut tonight, uh, not too bad, eh? No, um, I think this is the fourth time we've done this, though, so it got easier each time. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, um, yeah, let's just say it's uh, it's been an experience tonight. But uh, anyways, that is, uh, that is it for us tonight. Um, again, check out the uh, sharpshooter.ca. Uh, when you get a chance, uh, lots of photos going to be posted there. Um, just going to get the time to be able to do that probably the next day or so. As well as I'll probably going to write a little bit of a blog uh, just based on the uh, environment as well as a little more in-depth as far as tonight went. And uh, again, um, you know, just want to say thanks to Sean for having us on here tonight. And uh, um, yeah, I guess that's it. So uh, anything more you'd like to add, Christine? Uh, no, that you pretty much covered it. All right. Thanks for listening. All right. Well, thanks for being on the show. And Sean, thanks for having us. And uh, uh, look forward to the next event. I'd like to thank Chris and Christine for that uh, detailed report from Smash Wrestling yesterday at the London Music Hall here in London, Ontario. We look forward to having more input from Chris as we try to get him back into the uh, podcast swing after he led us uh, to where we are today through the original podcast of the Sharpseer podcast, which was our parent. Chris has told me that he is uh, working on a G1 
review of the first couple days. And we'll uh, pop in a couple times over the next little while while the tournament happens with review and results. So once again, thank you, Chris, and thank you for being a part of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. Cody Diener recently shared that he is now a recommended speaker for the Canadian Student Leadership Association, The Leader's Edge. Their mission is to support and encourage student leadership in Canada. This directly lines up with Cody's own mission. To contact Cody Diener regarding inquiries, email him directly at Cody underscore Diener at hotmail.com. Also throughout the months of June and July, Cody will be raising money for the Lansdowne Children's Center Every Kid Counts program. 100% of the money raised from his cartoon character poster sales goes to this amazing program. You can donate at shows or purchase a poster online directly from Cody once again at Cody underscore Diener at Hotmail.com be sure to support Curry Diener wherever you see him or online. As reported by Chris Maloney, Smash Wrestling had some big announcements last night at the Music Hall. I contacted James Key directly, and he sent me the official word from Smash of what was going on in the coming months. First off, Smash Wrestling talent will have a strong presence on the upcoming Impact tapings. In early 2019, Smash Wrestling and Impact Wrestling will connect for a Twitch special featuring talents from both brands. This was all put together by Smash Talent and with a shout out to Scott Damore. So fans, the biggest uh, companies in Canada and Ontario are going to get together and put on the best shows for us, whether it's on the Fight Network or over on Twitch. It's a huge announcement and I congratulate Smash Wrestling for making this deal and for Impact to come along and go for the ride with Smash as they've become one of the biggest companies in Canada. Speaking of upcoming events from Smash Wrestling, you can go to the Phoenix Concert Theater in Toronto this evening with a bell time at 5 o'clock as Smash and CZW wrap up their weekend. You'll see the Defiant Internet uh, Championship defended as Matt Cross faces Walter. John Greed faces DJ Hyde. 
Kevin Blackwood versus MJF, TDT versus The Rep, Sebastian Suave versus Marion Reed, Brent Banks, Tarek, and Tyson Dukes all team up to face Malice, and Scotty O'Shea versus Brandon Kirk versus Mike Rollins versus Trey Miguel, all coming up in just under an hour. Tickets are still available. Also, the WrestleMania of Smash. It is the Super Showdown 6, August 26th at the Phoenix Concert Center at bell time, 5 o'clock. You will see uh, special talents including Tessa Blanchard, Jeff Cobb, Joey Janela, and Brody King. Then on September 16th, 100 Part 2, The All Out Show, backed by popular demand, a live wrestling mystery show, September 16th at the Rec Room in Toronto. Tickets are available now. You won't know the matches until you arrive. On September 23rd, they return to London, Ontario as the London Music Hall for London Vacation. Tickets are available now. And on September 30th, they return to Kitchener for Don't Test Karma. Live Pro Wrestling returns to the Taste of the Tannery. Tickets are available now. For a new segment on the Scumbags of Wrestling podcast, direct from the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory, it's from the production line. A look at the new students that Tyson produces from the factory. We'll ask the questions of how they got started and where they plan on going, what their experience has been, and what their inspirations were. Over the next couple of weeks, we'll talk to each of his uh, students and get a new profile and see where they start and where their future is. We'll follow up a year later, hopefully, and see where their career has taken them. Already, some of their students have participated in dark matches for Smash Wrestling. Part 1 brings us to Tyson Dukes. This is Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. We're starting a new segment from the uh, factory, and I'm right here with Tyson Dukes, who has wrestled all over uh, the country, the world for that matter, with places like TNA, WWE, Border City Wrestling, and Smash Wrestling. So how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing good. This, good. Uh, I'm looking forward to how this uh, produces out, and uh, love the uh, atmosphere here at the uh, gym. So. Before we get into the gym and uh, the factory itself, um, you just recently won the Northern Tournament. How mm-hmm. did you enjoy, 
How did you enjoy that uh, event with it being two shows in one night? Uh, the North Tournament is one of these things where the Smash is looking to uh, create a tournament. Like, there's tournaments all over the world. There's a CZW one. It's a hardcore tournament. There's, uh, there used to be a Super 8, which I was a part of years and years ago. Um, it has kind of lost its luster, but it's still a big deal to a lot of people. Uh, there's tournaments like the Super J Crown, like the Super J one, where it's a cruiserweight tournament in Japan for New Japan. There's all kinds, and now one thing that's missing is that there's not an Amer or a Canadian style tournament. There's all kinds of tournaments all over the place, but not one that defines Canada. So this is the thing that we're trying to come up with: is something that makes it uniquely us. That's why it's called the Northern Tournament, and they really want to build it towards something really big in Canada. We want to take pride in the fact that we have the greatest talent in the world. Being a part of it, awesome. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, it's hard, it's a hard day. I imagine next year they might split it up into two shows. Instead of having two shows on the same day, they might sh uh, split up the days. Uh, because it's really, really, it's a tiring, exhausting time to yeah. be able to run that many times, in, like that many shows, for not just the uh, pros that are doing it, but also for the fans as well. Yeah, Dave and I, we actually took a trip up to uh, see it and covered it with their uh, road trip uh, diary type nice. deal. And, nice. uh, then, yeah, so Alan uh, followed along and it was pretty good. So we even got an interview with Alan at the Dresden show. Oh, sweet. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Good follow up, and we like the relationship with uh, Smash uh, going on. So currently the title is now vacant, and you were in that position before where you won the title when it was vacant and held it for 400 days. Mm -hmm. Winning the Northern Tournament, you're now the number one contender. Yes. Without a challenger. Without a challenger. Do you know? Without telling us what their decision is, have they t uh, notified you about what to expect? Uh, I can tell you, without a shadow of a doubt, I have no idea at the present time what's going on. This came as a shock that we lost our champion over, um, like, there are personal issues on the, on the side of Frank the Mobster, who is, uh, like, a big, threatening menace and, like, a fantastic champ, in my opinion, a great champ, a different kind of character. Uh, you're used to guys like Matt Cross, Gargano, Haskins, myself, who are wrestling-based. We're wrestling-based guys. And then you go with this guy that's this super heavyweight, who's extremely strong, does a lot of power moves, and has a fantastic, creepy, scary kind of character that has a big entrance, like a lot of uh, pageantry behind it. Um, it was such a good move, and, and, and it's a shame to see it uh, come down to the way it is, but like with Smash being on Fight Network and stuff like that, wanting to keep everything on the level, uh, they've just decided that uh, Frankie had to and uh, was going to vacate the title. So now we're in a, a state of limbo. So being number one uh, contender is one of those things, but I never want to be the guy that's an interim champ. So we're waiting to see what happens. I'm waiting to see what happens along the line. Yeah, Alan was mentioning they've had like a dozen different ideas and can't find one that actually works out well for everybody involved. And yeah. hopefully there's going to be announcements soon. And we'll go from there with also the um, uh, Super Showdown that's coming up uh, next month. And maybe there'll be a decision made by then. See, now that's where I think too. I think we're on the same page there because Super Showdown is our big event. It's like our kind of like a WrestleMania of Smash. So Super Showdown has always been a great show, like phenomenal shows like in the past. So 
Uh, only time will tell what happens uh, with this contest. We're going to wait and see. I'm hoping Super Showdown, we have some answers. Mm. So what brings me here today is obviously this is the wrestling factory, and mm. you started it. So when was this idea a thought for you and come to fruition? Well, a lot of people don't know this, but I used to, well, and a lot of people do. Um, I started uh, ten over ten years ago. I worked with Border City Wrestling and the Can-Am Wrestling School, and I was uh, the head coach to Scott Demore, who was in charge, and he was the head head guy of all, uh, like overseeing all of it. And I was his head coach for the Can-Am Wrestling School, and I was a part of that uh, school for ten years. I was a ten-year guy uh, working with. Um, Scott and then once I made the move through uh, personal reasons my wife got a job up here in London area we decided to make the move so it's been um, it's been a long process I've, I've been wanting to do this for uh, roughly three years it's been three years in the making by finding a building took me two years to find a ring took me over a year and then to to finally get it all set up I spent I set myself up at the um, the velodrome, the Forest City velodrome to start. And then once I was able to save enough money and uh, find this facility here, we made the move. So it's been really exciting. So that was about October that you were We able started to in October. That, and then you moved here to, uh, what, in two June. months ago? June. June. Yeah. Or even last month, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so your inspiration for going and wanting to share your knowledge, what was that? Uh, that's always been there because I've been at this for a decade of teaching over a decade now um, and uh, it's one of those things that I'm actually really um, I have passionate about is like showing them how to do it properly because there's a lot of people out there that uh, don't know how to do it properly so that was my deal is I wanted to make sure that uh, the people that I get out there and are professional wrestlers from here on in are the best that they can be especially in this country we got to make sure that this country stays on top of its game when it comes to uh, pro wrestling, Kenny Omega being the top guy right now, and where is he from, for goodness sake? Winnipeg, yeah. Exactly. So I want I want to keep with that tradition. I want to keep the, the Jerichos, the Hearts, the Benoits, all those guys uh, as close to my heart as possible and just keep this as solid as we come. So I'm very passionate about it. So have you, uh, how can you describe the uh, students that you've gotten so far? From what I've seen, they've uh, really learned quickly, like yes. your sponges. Mm -hmm. It's a, all of them are uh, unique in different ways. They all have a kind of a different kind of attitude, um, but they all seem to get along. They know that it's kind of a family type business. Um, they work very, very hard. Um, they're very, very pleasant to be around. They're positive people, and this is what you need. You need positive people uh, to make this work. I don't have any egos in here. You can check that at the door, and uh, everybody's just ready to go. It's good. It's a good system. And so some of your uh, closest friends in wrestling uh, for this area were like Derek Wilde, Cody Deaner, and mm -hmm. Ty Dillinger. Mm -hmm. Are you hoping that somewhat that sort of friendship develops with these students where down the line, regardless of where they are, they're going to be going, hey, I remember you, or we're great friends, and be standing up for each other. Well, I would, hope, I would hope that they would uh, be uh, cordial and civil with each other yeah. down the line. But uh, all I all I can ask for is if they they just aspire to get what they want out of it and whatever wrestling whatever their passion is whether it be independent wrestling or to get further I hope that I can help them accomplish that and I know I can it's just going to it just takes a lot of work. Yeah. 
So the uh, basis behind uh, doing this is also we're going to be interviewing uh, some of the students mm -hmm. and find out what their experience has been with you, mm -hmm. how they got into it, and then maybe down the line check in with them a year yes, later and see how it goes. Yes. So I'm hoping that uh, we'll do the uh, students throughout the time here and Sweet. give you guys some uh, exposure. That'd be and awesome. Give, and give them some exposure. So That's wanna, fantastic. Thank you for being part of this. And where can people find you? Uh, they get Hey, online is the easiest way to do it now. Social media is the best way to do it. So I have Instagram, Twitter, and I have a Facebook page. And it's all Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory. You can't miss it. D-U-X is how you spell Dukes, not D-U-K-E-S. It's D-U-X. And if you uh, look online, you'll find it anywhere. Awesome. Well, thanks again. Thank and you, uh, you got students waiting for you, so right, I'll thanks, let man. you go. Thank you, bro. Thanks. If you're looking to get into the wrestling business, check out the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory. This school is located right here in London, Ontario, Canada. Learn from one of Canada's best wrestlers around. It's located at 309 Exeter Road, and it's open Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, 6 p.m. till 8.30 p.m. The Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory, teaching the new generation of hopefuls into superstars. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Brent Money Banks, and you are listening to Scumbags of Wrestling. Scumbags is money. Speaking of Impact Wrestling, Slammiversary 16 comes to you live on pay-per-view Sunday, July 26th from the Rebel Complex in Toronto. Tickets are on sale now at shopimpact.com. Featuring main event of Austin Aries vs. Moose, stars like Sammy Callahan, Matt Seidel, Eddie Edwards, Pentagon Jr., Madison Rain, LAX, Sue Young, Johnny Impact, and many more will also appear. From Michael Finney, from Brett the Hitman Hart. And I know the team DavyBoySmith.com is trying to get a petition together to have Davy Boy Smith in the WWE Hall of Fame. And they got 17,300 signatures, and they might need one more from Brett the Hitman Hart. Because I totally believe that the British Bulldog belongs in the WWE Hall of Fame, and it wouldn't be much of a Hall of Fame without him. So I want to back you 100%, Michael Finney, and keep up the good work, because you are the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. And thanks for being a big fan of the Hitman. Coming this October 26th to the 28th at the Western Fair Agriplex, it's the 5th Annual London Comic Con. Already announced to appear from Star Trek The Next Generation, Deanna Troy, Marina Sirtis. From Puffy the Vampire Slayer, Spike, James Marsters. The Yellow Power Ranger, Serena Vincent. Ted Raimi from Ash vs. Evil Dead and Xena Warrior Princess. Star Wars bounty hunter himself, Boba Fett. Daniel Logan will make an appearance. And former UFC champion and WWE Intercontinental Hardcore and Tag Team Champion, Ken Shamrock. 
plus many more names to be announced in the coming weeks. It's a three-day celebration of art, comics, pop culture, with celebrity guests, vendors, and much more. Don't miss Southwestern Ontario's largest fan event. Tickets are on sale now. For more information, go to londoncomiccon.ca. of loudmouth scumbags that just want attention. And now for some highlights of this week in WWE and on TV. For Raw, you might want to check out Seth Rollins vs. Drew McIntyre. Over on SmackDown, Sin Cara vs. Andreas Cien Almas was a great match. 205 Live had the Cruiserweight title defended as Cedric Alexander went against Hideo Itami. And over on NXT for the tag team titles, Mustache Mountain defended against Undisputed Era. All four of these matches are definitely highlights for the week to check out. As seen on Raw, where is the Bailey and Sasha Banks friendship therapy going? They failed uh, with Dr. Shelby to recreate the Team Hell No therapy fun from a few years ago. Even this past Monday, they took away Dr. Shelby and just showed them in therapy with a woman doctor. Only one of the three segments allowed their voices to play while Michael Cole talked over the other two. Where does this lead? Uh, is there a match in the future at SummerSlam where they wrestled each other four years ago in the same building for the NXT title? Or is there somehow a way of ushering in the resurrection of the WWE Women's Tag Team titles? This Monday on Raw, the results from their sessions will be revealed. Hopefully, there's a better payoff than what we've received for the show so far. Did you like the Ronda Rousey commercial for the 2K19 video game? It had the voice of Rowdy Rowdy Piper in it, passing on the Rowdy name to her. I thought it was uh, quite well done and amazing to hear Piper's voice again and how their friendship actually did exist. 
The Rock said on the red carpet for his new movie, Skyscraper, that he's looking forward to finding time to step back into a WWE ring. It has also been mentioned this past week on Good, when he appeared on Good Morning America that his daughter, Simone, would like to follow in her father's footsteps and lace up the boots and work in a WWE ring. She would possibly be the first fourth-generation superstar in history. Keeping with generational superstars, Goldust recently had surgery on both his knees and will be out of action for a while. He's getting close to the age of 50, but still has a goal to return and wants to be the WWE champion before he finally hangs up his boots one last time. Regardless of age, Dustin has worked extremely hard to shake his personal demons and get in the best physical shape that he's ever been in his whole career. As a huge fan of Dustin, it would be great to have his goal fulfilled as payment for his years of hard work and dedication to the business that he was born into and we all love. WD is getting ready for the next May Young tournament to be filmed at Full Sail. Recently announced to enter the tournament was former WWE Divas Champion and winner of NXT Season 3, Caitlin. She's been away from WWE for almost four years now, and only recently had a match on the Independent Show. Could this lead to her a full-time return, or is this just a special appearance for the WWE? More names will be announced very soon to fill out the rest of the brackets for the May Young Tournament filming very soon. Daniel Bryan looks to be close to re-signing with WWE when his contract ends on September 1st. In a recent interview with the Business Times, he said that the wrestling world is quite interesting right now. He loves working with WWE, and that's also where his wife Bree works. So he is more likely to continue working there instead of seeking work in ROH, CMLL, or New Japan. Most likely, as long as Bree continues to be employed by WWE for outreach projects, Total Divas, and Total Bellas, Brian will be more inclined to continue to work alongside her with the WWE. Could there be an all-women's WWE event this fall? The WWE has been looking to make up for the fact that the women were left off the greatest Royal Rumble card in Abu Dhabi, and they've also recently been tweaking their second half of the pay-per-view schedule. Learning from what happened in April with having WrestleMania, the greatest Royal Rumble, and Backlash all in a 30-day span, and possibly burning out not only the writing staff and also the most loyal of fans, WWE moved the previously scheduled TLC pay-per-view in October and moved it to December. This allows for the September event to happen, followed by the Super Showdown in Australia on October 6th. Then there wouldn't be anything until November for the Survivor Series, unless a special happens in the place of where TLC was supposed to be on the network. What is known and seen is that the Clash of Champions pay-per-view has been taken off the schedule. Not that the name really matters, since every event is essentially a Clash of the Champions. There's also been talk of bringing back old WCW pay-per-view title names for future events. I like this, not just for nostalgia, 
but it takes away the need to have events named after gimmick matches and force those stipulations just because your show is called Elimination Chamber, Hell in Cell, or TLC. Imagine having the Great American Bash return in July, Fall Brawl in September, Halloween Havoc in October, and Starcade in December. Starcade also could be used as the name of the second WrestleMania rumored to happen in the fall of 2019 or 2020. The Starcade name had already been returned last fall as a special house show event in the Carolinas area. Maybe this will be a permanent thing on the WWE Network in their pay-per-view schedule. Ring of Honor in New Japan announced that they are teaming up to have a huge show on April 6th at Madison Square Gardens the night before WrestleMania. This will be a G1 Supercard. The show will run direct competition with NXT TakeOver, show that will be happening at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. It was previously reported that Vince McMahon had put a stop to Ring of Honor running a show at Madison Square Gardens out of obligations and honor to their existing relationship. However, lawyers obviously got involved, and that appears to have changed. Can Ring of Honor in New Japan sell 15,000 seats and outdo what even All In did with 10,000 seats in Chicago? How will WWE counter counter and stack the NXT TakeOver show? This could be quite the amazing and stacked card for TakeOver in Brooklyn over the WrestleMania weekend. And finally, it was reported that during the New Japan G1 special last weekend in San Francisco at the Cow Palace, that Jim Ross was injured during the show. In the Jay White vs. Juice Robinson match, the fight went to the outside. They brawled around ringside where Ross and Barnett were calling the action. JR had requested the day before that the wrestlers did not do anything near their table, and also had uh, made comments about the guardrails not being connected. During the fight on the outside, Jay White threw Robinson into the guardrail that was not connected. Ross was knocked down and was injured in his ribs. He was advised by doctors to take it easy as he had trouble breathing and could catch pneumonia. JR had to then start cancelling dates for scheduled events three in total so far. This all could have been avoided had they just listened to his request from the beginning. WWE Extreme Rules in 30 seconds. No problem. So I... I... I'm thinking. Crash! Ah! I'm searching for the word. seconds yet wwe extreme rules there is no explanation and there are no rules and now it's time for the predictions for the extreme rules pay-per-view later on this evening i have a couple call-ins from both nathan and david for each match so i will give my predictions and then they will have them join the conversation with their predictions and we'll move along as it goes on. Today it emanates from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. 
a very historic arena considering all the different events that have happened there, including the uh, McFoley versus Undertaker Hell in a Cell match 20 years ago. And so they returned to Pittsburgh tonight for this event that most consider a sleeper beat uh, pay-per-view going into SummerSlam. There's two matches on the uh, kickoff show. The first one is Andreas and Elmas against Sin Cara. These two fought each other the other day on SmackDown Live, and Sin Cara came up on the losing end. I see the same thing happening again with Elmas taking the victory, but with an impressive uh, showing in the kickoff show. Then we'll have our first Extreme Rules match with a tables match featuring the New Day against Sanity. This started off on July 3rd with Sanity interfering and stopping the pancake eating contest, and they continued their feud with them this past Tuesday when they teamed up with the Bludgeon Brothers and had Team Hell No and New Day face off uh, as a team against the other five. While Sanity was on the losing end of that uh, match, I still think that tonight it will be Sanity's turn to put one of the members of New Day through a table and securing a victory. The uh, pre-show, I'm going to go with Sin Cara beating um, Andrade just to keep that feud sort of going. And I'm going to say Sanity wins the table match. Uh, the kickoff show looks like it'll be entertaining enough with uh, the Sin Cara and Andrade as young Elmas. Uh, I can see Andrade uh, maybe pulling a couple of, you know, heel moves against Sin Cara, especially with his, his uh, lady friend there. So I don't know what will happen, but I can see maybe uh, Elmas winning that particular match. Um, and New Day and Sanity would, I mean, maybe to keep it interesting, they could give the win to Sanity, but I hope that the New Day wins because, uh, New Day rocks, New Day rocks, everybody now, New Day rocks, okay, yeah, uh, and, uh, yeah, so New Day over Sanity, I guess. As for the main card, this could be the sleeper beat pay-per-view of the uh, year, hopefully doing better than Backlash did, but with the unsuccessful weeks of tele- minus the go-home shows that happened this past week, there should be a lot of surprises leading up to the biggest party of the summer, SummerSlam, next month in Brooklyn. While I don't see much happening in the title scene, I do expect some great bell-to-bell action, and a lot of surprises coming out after the bell rings for most of these matches. So in no particular order, let's look at the rest of the card that will happen this Sunday during the Extreme Rules pay-per-view on the WD Network. First off, we have Finn Balor versus Constable Corbin. This has been a lackluster build-up, almost like the Bobby Lashley-Sami Zayn match from last month. And really, I'm surprised that Finn Balor has been sunk to this low since he was the original Universal Champion 
can only imagine what his title reign would have been like had he stayed healthy and had it. But they are regulated to mid-card status, and Corbin's been getting quite the push lately, especially with his new look and wrestling with the vest and uh, tight pants. Unfortunately, Finn, as I said, has been relegated really low on the card, even to the extent of being sent out as part of the protection and during the melee with Roman and Bobby Lashley this past week on Monday Night Raw. So, with that note, I see Constable Corbin coming out on top on this one because he has the bigger push going forward. For Finn Balor versus Baron Corbin, uh, I'm actually going to say Baron Corbin. Balor against Constable Baron Corbin. Well, I'm digging Corbin's look a bit more these days, but I see the win going to Finn Balor um, more than likely. I'm not sure how, if it'll be clean or not. The United States Championship is on the line as Jeff Hardy defends against Shinsuke Nakamura. Shinsuke has not been the greatest uh, career so far after switching from NXT to the main roster. With multiple losses in his uh, quest to become the uh, WWE champion, I think this is the time that he actually does get a win on pay-per-view against Jeff Hardy, who has been suffering from multiple injuries as of late. And this will give Shinsuke the much-deserved push that he needed past his feud with AJ Styles. As for the other Hardy brother, Matt will team with Bray Wyatt to take on the B team, consisting of Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. Axel and Dallas have had a lot of success since The Miz left Raw, and they've been receiving a push to the number one contendership of the Raw tag team division. I'm still not sure how healthy Bray Wyatt is post his uh, car accident the other day, but he did return to the ring and TV this past week. So it'll be interesting to see brother versus brother in during that match. I see Hardy and Bray retaining the titles, even though the B team have had their push. It'll be about time for also maybe the authors of pain to step up and face the eaters of worlds or the leaders of worlds, should I say, in SummerSlam match for the titles. Hardy versus Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm going to say Shinsuke. Jeff Hardy uh, defending his uh, U.S. championship belt against Shinsuke Nakamura. I hope Nakamura wins, uh, but I think it'll probably be another really good match. It'll be up there with Dolph and uh, Seth, I would imagine, if not being better. Uh, Hopefully. Uh, you know, they both have insane talent throughout their careers, and hopefully it's a good match, and I hope that Shinsuke wins. For Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt versus the B-Team, I'm actually going to go with the B-Team. Uh, when it comes to the Deleters of Worlds versus the B-Team for the Raw Tag Team Championship, you're going to probably see a fairly clean win uh, against... Uh, in favor of the Deleters of Worlds against the B-Team, although I'm a big fan of both B-Team wrestlers, and I'm a fan of both Deleters of Worlds wrestlers, I'm going to have to say the Deleters of Worlds will probably take this one. 
um, and, you know, continue their reign of deletion, uh, you know, fun and games. Look, all the confidence Rusev has been exuding, he's got to back it up when it matters most. AJ Styles defends the WWE Championship against Rusev this Sunday at Extreme Rules. What's he think is this, rental property? This right here, this right here is the house that AJ Styles built. For the WWE Championship, AJ Styles will re- will defend against Rusev, who became the number one contender recently. Even though the fans are behind Rusev and chaining Rusev Day all the time, WWE doesn't seem to be backing him fully and giving him the face push that the fans seem to want to give him. Unfortunately, I see this as being just a holdover match for the actual challenger for AJ for the uh, WWE Championship at SummerSlam. At SummerSlam, we could see AJ Styles defend either against Samoa Joe, who has been absent from the SmackDown brand scene for a little bit, or a returning Rey Mysterio, who's due to return to WWE after his appearance at the final night of the G1 tournament in New Japan. For AJ Styles versus Rusev, I'm going to go with... Uh, let's say Rusev. I, I probably think AJ Styles is going to make it, but for for the shakeup, let's say Rusev. AJ Styles against Rusev for the WWE Championship. It hopefully, my gosh, it should be Rusev. Rusev uh, deserves to be champion for the next two years, and um, maybe uh, even longer. You know because he rocks and then it would be also you know just more fun because every day is rusev day in this wonderful world of ours isn't it in one of the oddest feuds uh, lately on wde over on raw side has braun Strowman going against kevin owens in a steel cage match for whatever reason the good guy in this case braun Strowman, the monster in the bank has been dominating Kevin Owens, the heel of this whole thing, and coming off as more of the bully than the heel should be coming off as. So I'm not overly sure about this reversal of fortunes and roles, but I think, oddly enough, Kevin Owens will escape the cage, continuing his trend of running away from the big monster and in this case he will score a huge win by defeating Braun Strowman in the steel cage. A loss in the cage really won't hurt Strowman in the least because he'll still be the monster in the bank and there's a possibility that whoever allows Kevin to escape will be Braun's next opponent at SummerSlam. Versus Braun Strowman? Uh, Braun Strowman. I wouldn't be surprised if Braun Strowman wins against Kevin Owens, but I could also see 
Uh, I mean, I could see it being a great match, but I could see there maybe being a similar ending to what they did with the greatest Royal Rumble in uh, Saudi Arabia there with uh, Roman smashing Brock Lesnar through the fence or however it worked out. You never know. I mean, Braun is a much bigger man and certainly the the beast among men, right? So, or the monster among men, whatever he is, uh, he's a big guy. Uh, so I think Braun is going to beat Kevin Owens. Uh, and I think it's going to be uh, a good match. I think Kevin Owens will put up a good fight. You know, there will probably be a few close calls, but I just can't see Braun losing against anybody in the WWE. The Raw Women's Championship will be on the line in an Extreme Rules match as Alexa Bliss defends against Nia Jax. This is a rematch from WrestleMania, and Ronda Rousey will be at ringside as she has bought a ticket, regardless of the fact that she's been suspended from Raw for the last 30 days. Apparently, buying a ticket and also it being a joint pay-per-view negates the 30-day suspension that she had over on Raw. Many other podcast uh, reporters have been questioning the whole Ronda Rousey always coming to the ring with a big smile on her face and wondering where that killer instinct from her UFC days has been in her WWE run. When she attacked Alexa Bliss and even Kurt Angle the night after Money in the Bank, she was kind of regarded as the next stone cold of the WWE. This could continue as there's a possibility, regardless of her having a ticket to be at ringside, she could hop the barricade and also uh, get involved in the match, causing Nia Jax to lose while Alexa Bliss takes advantage of the melee. Plus, with the fact that she's a guest at ringside with a ticket and not actually a part of the card due to her suspension, she could have the police come down and arrest her and take her out of the building. And this would definitely follow up with the whole Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, replay of for the women's division. As suggested, I do see Alexa Bliss retaining the Raw Women's T- Championship and facing Nia Ronda Rousey at SummerSlam. For Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax... I'm going to go with Alexa Bliss, I think. Nia Jax, I hope that Alexa Bliss wins. I hope Nia Jax does not win, but puts in a good fight. Maybe Nia Jax wins, or maybe there is some sort of, uh, you know, whatever her name is from the UFC, Ronda Rousey comes in. Who knows? Who cares? Alexa Bliss, all day, every day, from here until her retirement, she should always be champion, in my humble opinion. The SmackDown Women's Championship will be defended as Carmella faces Asuka, with James Ellsworth hanging above the ring in a shark cage. While Asuka has not been really featured too much on SmackDown and her horrible matches against Ellsworth the last couple of weeks hasn't really done her any good. I still think that possibly Carmella will come out on top with some assistance from a, up above from James Ellsworth. This will hopefully allow 
maybe Becky Lynch to step up to face Carmella and take the title at SummerSlam. I don't think for whatever reason they have confidence in Asuka over at SmackDown, and that's why since WrestleMania, she hasn't been too featured, and she lost her uh, undefeated streak at that time. Becky Lynch is certainly somebody who deserves a chance to step up and face Carmella at the uh, next pay-per-view. The WWE Intercontinental Championship will be on the line in a 30-minute Ironman match as Dolph Ziggler, with Drew McIntyre by his side, takes on Seth Rollins. This match could uh, go back and forth many times with a lot of different submissions and pins and high-flying and going all over the place with a few countouts and everything that does involve a 30-man Ironman match. But I think ultimately at the end, McIntyre gets involved and this might call out Dean Ambrose to make his return to WWE and save Seth Rollins. I don't think Seth will end up retaining or capturing, should I say, capturing the Intercontinental title. However, this will set up a tag team match between two-thirds of the Shield against McIntyre and Ziggler at SummerSlam. For Carmella versus Asuka, I'm going to say Carmella, but because of some sort of weird James Ellsworth stuff. I think I would have to go with uh, a, uh, maybe an Oscar win to obviously, or or maybe to continue this this you know this rivalry into SummerSlam uh, with Carmella winning. But I think it would be cool if Oscar won this match, don't you? Dolph Ziggler versus Seth Rollins in the Iron Man match. I'm gonna say Dolph Ziggler. I like both Dolph Ziggler and Seth Rollins, really. So for a 30-minute Ironman match for the Intercontinental Championship belt, I wouldn't be surprised if Seth Rollins takes it. Uh, although I would like to see Dolph Ziggler uh, retain, maintain, and keep the belt. Um, but I do believe it'll be a, an excellent match. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a bit of a show-stealer. Uh, blood in Pittsburgh at the Extreme Rules pay-per-view event on the WWE Network. Rollins faces Dolph Ziggler for the Intercontinental Championship in a 30 Iron Man match. You compete for 30 minutes. The man with the most falls when the time is up is the champion. And it happens at hashtag Extreme Rules. The old combustibility is still there. The As they challenge Harper and Rowan, the Bludgeon Brothers, for the SmackDown Tag Team titles on the WWE Network. Tag Team Championship, the Bludgeon Brothers will defend against Team Hell No. It's reported that The Miz will not be there as he's at a celebrity baseball tournament in Washington. However, you never know with WD if he'll end up making it back to the arena that they're in in time for this match. Team Hell No has been great seeing them back together for the last couple of weeks and a good holdover for Dan O'Brien before going to hopefully a major match at SummerSlam. Maybe with The Miz, or depending on what happens, as Miz did predict, 
it could be a turning of Team Hell No, and we see Daniel Bryan versus Kane at SummerSlam in a major matchup, as both Kane and Daniel are rumored to possibly leave or re-sign at that time. Interesting uh, scenario looking forward, and we'll see what the future of Dan O'Brien holds. However, as far as this match goes, I see the Bludgeon Brothers retaining their tag team titles due to outsider interference and moving forward. For Bludgeon Brothers versus Team Hell No, um... I'm going to say Team Hell No. Bludgeon Brothers against Team Hell No. Couldn't care less about Team Hell No. I, from what I understand, that's like uh, just rehashing old uh, storylines or whatever. So I hope the Bludgeon Brothers continue their bludgeoning wreck down the paving the, the road through WWE Universe with piled up bodies of, uh, of people and the rain you know, remains of towns that they've pillaged. Bludgeon Brothers. And finally, what is probably going to be the main event, even though most people do not want to see it and will probably end up starting to leave, as they did with Samoa Joe versus Roman Reigns, we now have Bobby Lashley versus Roman Reigns. More than likely, as this was supposed to be part of a multi-person match for the number one contendership this will turn into just a one-on-one match for the number one contendership to Brock Lesnar and his universal title personally I'm tired of seeing Roman Reigns in the number one contendership for the title especially if it sees him going against Brock Lesnar again then we could see maybe Roman teaming with his shield brother Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose for SummerSlam, and that would maybe need Dolph and Drew to find a tag team partner and have a six-man tag at SummerSlam. This would send Bobby Lashley as the winner of this match going against Brock for the title at SummerSlam, and that would be the opportunity to take it off Brock Lesnar then, or at least have these two dual uh, superstars face each other, because they both have MMA backgrounds, and WWE background. So my pick for this match is Bobby Lashley taking the win and hopefully being the number one contender for Brock Lesnar. The only question I guess remains is the fact that if that does happen, will Brock Lesnar show up just like he did last week at the UFC 226 event and get into the ring to confront his future opponent? And that there is the Extreme Rules pay-per-view breakdown and predictions. Send us your predictions, and we'll see how it goes. You can find us on our Facebook page at Scumbags of Wrestling, and we'll compare and compete to see who can come up with the best predictions for this event. For Roman Reigns versus Bobby Lashley, uh, I'm just going to go with Roman Reigns. It seems like what they're going to do. Um... I mean, Roman Reigns will probably beat Bobby Lashley. I don't know. I mean, whatever. I hopefully it's a good match. Uh, but I, but maybe they're gonna put Bobby Lashley over. 
what better uh, opponent right now or any time in the last few years to put somebody over under any circumstances, put him in the ring with Roman Reigns. I'm sure Roman Reigns will uh, take this one uh, and, uh, you know, I guess they'll figure out a way to put him in the ring with uh, Brock Lesnar again for the hundredth time. Uh, and that concludes our predictions for this uh, evening's Extreme Rules pay-per-view. I hope you join us on the next episode where we review what actually happened and see how accurate our predictions were. Just as I'm finishing this up, however, there's been some breaking news from the world of wrestling and WWE in particular as it might pertain to tonight's event. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only, the immortal Hulk Hogan, whether you like him, whether you're not, whether you're a fan of, as an 80s child, loved him as the man from the NWO, he was recently spotted on an airplane heading to Cleveland, Ohio. Sure, that's two hours away from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where the pay-per-view is happening tonight, but nevertheless, WD has been known to fly in people that are going to be surprise guests at their events and then drive them from uh, a nearby airport to the arena so they can make a special appearance. Coincidentally or not, it also was announced just a little while ago on WD.com that Hulk Hogan has also been reinstated into the WD Hall of Fame. He has been given a second chance after apologizing for everything that he went through a couple years ago with his racial remarks and whatnot that led him to also trials. He's done some uh, work with the Boys and Girls Club, and this is possibly his chance to return to the WWE. Don't be surprised if you see him tonight or tomorrow night on Monday Night Raw. I'd like to thank everybody who took part in today's episode, whether it was Jay Smith sending in the uh, report from Sarnia, Chris Maloney and his wife Christine for giving a report from here in London, Tyson Dukes for being part of the first installment of the from the production line segments, or from Nathan and David who ended up uh, calling in with their predictions for tonight's event. This is a long uh, show, I understand, but it's hopefully well worth it, and you can uh, give your feedback to us by joining us on Facebook at Scumbags of Wrestling uh, page. You can tweet us on Twitter at Scumbags Canada, or join us on our website at scumbags.ca. Until next time, thanks for joining us. And we'll be back with more predictions and results from the Toronto uh, Smash Show and our first student from the production line.